Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and and get get ready to get get med ready. (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back everyone, it's Karim here. And Gabby here as well. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. Before we get into it, we will just do an acknowledgement of country. So I would like to acknowledge the traditional and rightful owners of the land in which we are recording on today. That is Yorta Yorta land. I would like to pay my respect to the elders past, present and emerging. I acknowledge that the land we are living and learning on is and always will be Aboriginal land. So, Karim, happy 2022. Happy 2022, and it's great to be back and recording these podcasts for you guys. Yes, we had very much a long and necessary podcasting break over summer, but in that time, we did stop, reflect, and and do some planning for the year. So, the first thing we did is we've actually got a new team member. Her name is Ella, and she will be our official podcast editor. She is a part of the Halad to Health Philippines team and is based over there and we're really grateful to have her joining the team and we also changed around the structure of our podcast a bit because we acknowledge that our podcast can be a little bit hard to follow sometimes because we have so many different topics to discuss and episodes can vary quite a bit so we've made a trailer that you can listen to on our podcasting channel just to break down the different episode types we have and the different seasons and whatnot. So make sure you listen to that to help you navigate our podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, essentially we just break it up into different types of episodes so it's easy for you guys to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. But that's probably all the housekeeping stuff done for 2022. Nice and quick. Nice and quick. Should we jump into our first couple of episodes and what we're doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we've decided, we realised that we haven't actually covered much about the GAMSAT in our podcast and considering we're all about how to get into med, uh, we thought it would be important to cover this really big topic. Um, So what we've done is uh, we've broken up the GAMSAT into three different episodes where we just discuss the three different sections of the GAMSAT. Uh, I'll be starting with uh, section one today. Beautiful. Yes. So it won't be any replacement for any sort of like study or anything like that. These episodes are just a bit bit of an overview. Mm. We might give our experiences with the sections, any um, tips and tricks that we have as well. Um, if you don't know, Krim and I work on the GAMSAT team at Halide as well. So I'm section one and two lead and was a tutor and continue to be a tutor sometimes um, and same with Karim but he runs section three. Yeah exactly um, so we do help out with the game site a bit around Hallard um, but in terms of what the game site is hopefully you already know otherwise you're probably <laughs> in the wrong podcast. Yeah if um, you don't know what the game site is this podcast episode is going to be really boring so I don't recommend listening. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, essentially it's a medical admission test that's held here in Australia and in a few different places around the world, I think like the UK and potentially Ireland, um, 
sorry to those listeners from those countries. <laughs> I got those wrong. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's a medical admission test. It's made up of three different parts. So like a humanities part, um, like an essay writing sort of part, which is section two, <laughs> and section three, which is all about like math and science. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, let's maybe chat about how our game such journeys started yeah, yeah absolutely i think we may have touched on this maybe in the med applications um episode but i sat the gamsat twice once in my second year of my undergraduate and the second time was in my third year of my undergraduate degree first time i sat it i didn't really studied uh, i like looked over a few things but didn't really yeah, didn't really study, I would say. Um, and as a result of that, didn't go very well. <laughs> um, but that's okay. It was a bit of a learning curve um, and I was testing the waters a bit um, just to see how I would go. Um, but then my second time doing it in third year, I did study for it. I studied, I think I probably started either, yeah, probably early December, I would say, after our biomed exams. Um and studied all over summer up until March um, when the GAMSAT was held. Obviously, in that time as well, I was studying for university early in um, that year, as well as we actually both, Krim and I, did a summer subject uh, over that time as well. So it wasn't all GAMSAT, but there was quite a bit of GAMSAT study plus other study work, socialising, trying to have a holiday, all of that involved. But if you, I really wanted to break down how much study I did. I probably did, I would say, like five to ten hours a week of GAMSAT study spread across the three sections. Um, but most of my time was actually dedicated on section three because that was my weakest sub, my weakest section from my first sitting. Um, so that's why I just chose to dedicate a little bit more time to that. Um, and in the final GAMSAT, I was lucky enough to do well enough to get into med. Section 1 and 2 are definitely still my strong suits, though, <laughs> not <laughs> Section 3. Um, but what about you, Karim? Yeah, uh, so I just sat at the one time. Um, I would say I probably started studying quite late into the summer, so maybe like sort of late Jan, Feb, and then I started in March. Um, I would probably had very similar hours to Gabby. Um, I... Focused a lot on section three um, because I didn't really like studying section one. <laughs> I didn't really like writing essays. So I tried to do as little of that as possible. Um, <laughs> but I managed to get a decent enough score to get in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everyone's study journey is very different. Uh, I really hated studying for the GAMSAT um, and I thought it was a bit of a useless test, but that's a. Um, not a helpful mindset. Not, not a helpful mindset to have, yeah. So, I mean, try to stay open and just understand that it is, it is a hurdle. Mm. That's mm. what I would say. It is just a hurdle mm. for getting in. It's just one of the hoops that medical schools want you to jump through. Mm. Um, yeah. That is actually a really good point um, that we sh- probably should touch on is that mindset around the GAMSAT and med applications actually can really determine how you go. If you have such a negative mindset, a lot of people like – hate on Acer and get really angry at Acer for creating the GAMSAT because it is quite a quite a chunky exam that can be pretty difficult. So it is really easy to be angry about it and to hate on it, but it's it's not useful mindset when you're studying for it. Just accept yeah. it for what it is and try to think about why each section exists. 
um, and give yourself context so that it makes it a little bit easier to study. And, and we'll do that for you as well to try and help you have a more positive and, and more productive mindset around the GAMSAT, I would say. Yeah. But also, if you don't do as well in the GAMSAT as you would have liked, um, it doesn't mean that you wouldn't be a fantastic doctor. Yeah. I used a couple of double negatives there, but hopefully people will know what I talk about. Um, that, you know, the GAMSAT isn't the be-all, end-all in terms of an indicator for yeah. a good doctor. And so. not every medical school requires you to sit the GAMSAT. It's just that a lot yeah. of them do, so we thought it'd be good to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And you can you can sit it twice a year, so you can sit it in March and September at the moment, depending yep. on which one works better for you. Um, and obviously stay up to date with the COVID changes that happened there, because obviously over the last couple of years, the GAMSAT has changed with the times as mm. COVID has... Online versus not online. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and last-minute date changes yeah. as well. So make sure you stay up to date with that online. Yep. And just remember that you sign up through ACER, and I think sign-ups are due to close very soon. Yes, um, perhaps. I don't know. But you should check that <laughs> yourself. <laughs> uh, today's date is the 27th of Jan, yeah. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is the date in case you wanted to know. Now let's go, let's start talking about section one, shall we? Yeah. So a quick breakdown, hopefully you know what section one is about, but section one is like this humanities type section. There are different text types, whether that be, um, you know, poems, um, fiction, non-fiction texts, short, long texts, um, even some visual texts like cartoons chucked in there as well, uh, maybe some problem-solving things, all attached to different question sets. Um, let's talk about what do you think the point of section one is? Well, right, hold on. So how many questions? Oh. So there's, at this moment, there's 62 questions, but this changes quite a bit. But that changed this year. Yeah, it did. Year. It did. It changed this year, and prior to that, it changed. Actually, it's changed every year since 2019, <laughs> I would say. Um, due to COVID, moving to the online platform, yeah. everything like that. And it's usually like an hour, hour 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah it works including out. Including reading time. Yeah. It works out to be about one and a half minutes per question. Yeah. Okay. Um... And it's multiple choice as well, we should point yes, out. Yes, multiple uh, choice. So the correct answer is in there somewhere. You've just <laughs> got to find it. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, in what's terms the, of study tips. No, what, what's the point of section one, point, do you think? Yes. Uh, so the point of section one, as someone who really hated studying section <laughs> one and not really understanding the point, like what I tried to believe that they were looking for is someone who is very empathetic and excellent at communication because I feel like those are the skills you need to do well in section one because writing is essentially a form of communication mm. just done in different ways um, whether it be a poem or a long text or a non-fiction so it's about having those communication skills to understand what is the author trying to say to you mm. that's usually the point of it and then the empathy to understand, like, the range of emotions that are usually expressed in Section 1. There's a few, like, random statistics stuff that can come up in there, like puzzle things yeah, that can come up in Section problem. 1. But I think on the overall, yeah, it's all about, like, empathy, feelings, communication. Um, yeah, that was what I took out of it anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Those soft skills are really hard to test in a written format. However, that is the point of Section 1. And whether or not that's the most effective way of going about it, I do think that is what they are aiming to do. Um, as well as, you know, your ability to read and interpret information. I think that is a big part of Section 1 because you don't have a lot of time to analyse these texts. And some of these texts can be really convoluted, really long, really boring, hard to focus and, you know, actively engage with the text. So I think that is definitely something that is being tested there. Um, as well as your ability to really pick apart different characters, emotions, feelings, opinions in a text as well, which again, circles back to those soft skills of communication, empathy, um, and just connecting with different people. So hopefully that gives you some context as to what maybe the point of section one is, because a lot of people do get frustrated with it, like Karim, um, because you're made to read all these random texts and answer questions, which can seem really, really different to what it is like to study medicine. So hopefully that gives some context. But let's move over to some study tips. So what would you say are your biggest study tips for Section 1, Karim? Um, actually get around to doing it. It's <laughs> definitely one of them. Uh, practice questions in a timed manner. Like you'd be surprised. Uh, well, I found it really difficult to sometimes get through the entire question. And yeah. Um, yeah, practicing things at time really helps with developing that skill of like intuitively knowing when it's time to move on, potentially, yeah. with a question. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely one of them. For sure. Being self-aware enough to know, right, this question set is taking me too long, I need to just move on, or this question set is taking me a little bit longer, but I think if I just spend an extra 30 seconds, I will get them correct. So it's, yeah, definitely doing enough practice questions to timed conditions to know your strengths and your weaknesses enough to sit the mm. exam in a strategic matter, I yep. think is definitely um, important, as well as focusing on improving with skills. So every time you have a practice question for section one, I want you to think about what skill is being tested here or what skill do I need to have to answer this question correctly and really focused on that skill-based learning rather than just going about doing practice questions aimlessly and just hoping to get better by volume. Um, it's really important to slow down with the study sometimes and reflect on it to ensure that you know how to improve um, on on those weaknesses. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, something else I think is really important is thinking about what the marker is trying to get out of you. Not that anyone's going specifically through your section one but it's a computer <laughs> they are they're trying to gauge something out of like a particular skill out of you mm, um so mm. focusing on like developing that skill and, and what why what's the point of doing all of this i feel like it's important to reflect on that yeah absolutely and what i tell a lot of my section one students is Every time you get a question set, I want you to think about like why each question is being asked. So what is the point of asking to interpret the tone of a text? Is it because they're asking for your ability to be able to pick up on um, different um, language conventions and um, uh, literary techniques to be able to interpret a tone? Or do you have to interpret someone's opinion to then get their tone? It's all of these things I want you to think about, which can sound quite time-consuming, but I think especially early on in your study journey, it is important to take that time 
to really, as Karim said, get into the mind of the market to figure out why they're asking these questions, why they've given you this specific specific text type, um, and and why the skills that are being tested are important as well. And in terms of text types, the other thing to do is to expose yourself to lots of different types of texts. So whether mm. that be you know poems, long text, short text, um, cartoons, all that sort of stuff will come up in section one. It's really important to get used to how to interpret them because they're all. Uh, can be interpreted slightly differently, I would say. Mm. Um, like I'm definitely not a section one tutor in any ways, <laughs> but I think Gabby would agree with me in saying that being familiar with the different text types uh, is really important in terms mm. of trying to understand them. Yeah, as well as being able to come up with your own strategy with answering different text types. For example, with poetry, I always read the poem and interpret it before I even look at the questions and answers. Whereas with longer texts that might be um, like non-fiction texts, I read the in I read the question set first to give me an idea of what sort of things to look out for in a longer text. Um, so I think by exposing myself to different text types, that allowed me to come up with these types of strategies, which really help um, when sitting the exam itself, and that really ties into coming up with a strategy. So. I think it is important for all sections of the GAMSAT um, to have a strategy or a game plan for exam day. So what questions are you going to do first? What questions are you going to do last? What are you going to do in your reading time? Um, how are you going to know when to skip questions or to come back to them or to press on with them? All of this stuff comes down to self-reflection. So ensure that you have a really solid self-reflection um, uh, routine. Yeah. Um, when you're sitting down to study, whether that be like a self-reflection table or just the first five and last five minutes of every study session being reflective. I just jot, jot down what you think, literally like yeah. what you should do to improve um, yeah. and then like action it later at a later date. Mm. Mm. Self-reflection is very personal and everyone does it differently, but ensure you find your method of yeah, doing that. It's a big part of the Gamsat. It's definitely how I think you'll find that you improve, especially if, mm. like, if the first time you see the Gamsat is just to practice, yeah, reflect on that because I think you'll find it's a really good way of improving for the next time that you uh, see the Gamsat. Absolutely. And I think from there we'll probably move to myth-busting. With yeah. every section of the Gamsat, there are these myths that just run around <laughs> and no one knows where they came from, um, but hopefully we can help bust a few of those. Do you have any in mind for section one, Karim? This probably the biggest one is um, you need to read broadly. I think you will hear that so <laughs> read much. Read widely. Read widely. <laughs> uh, you'll hear that a lot when it comes to section one. Um, you know, you need to read the newspaper every day and you need to, I don't know, do puzzles and random stuff, uh, yeah, you probably don't, no. I, I don't think so, like, um, I, as we've mentioned previously, didn't do too great in section one, didn't love doing it, yeah. um, but I definitely, you know, didn't read broadly and I managed to still get into medicine, so it's not the most essential thing to do, um, I think it's more just practicing those skills that we've been talking about. And I think that comes back to, you know, studying smarter, not harder. I think it definitely is advantageous to, as we said before, expose yourself to different text types. You know, if you haven't looked at poetry since you're in year 12, then yeah, I recommend, you know, reading a couple of poems, analyzing a couple of poems, 
just to get back into the swing of things. But it doesn't mean, you know, every day you need to be spending, you know, an hour plus reading different things. Um, I don't think that's the best use of your time. Definitely expose yourself to different text types. And if you do read something, make it effective. So ensure that you're reflecting on it, that you are getting information for maybe section two as well at the same time. Um, writing, you know, example practice questions for it maybe to help you think about what the markers are thinking about when they're writing questions. So if you do do it, make sure it's effective, but it isn't the be all end all for section one study, that's for sure. And I think the other thing is, the other myth that I've heard is that you can't improve in section one, that your marks are random. Um, this is obviously a myth. Um, I improved quite a lot from my first sitting to my second sitting in section one, and that was solely just based off of actually studying <laughs> for the second time. And a lot of our students always, yeah. you know, they say, oh, I sat the answer, so-and-so year, and then, like, did a course with you guys and two critiques. And it has, I, I don't want to say, like, I think it has so much to do with them and their mindset and the yeah. way they think about their study and how they want to, like, reflect, and that's a lot of what we teach them is about reflection. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, you can definitely improve. Yeah, a lot about reflection and a lot about strategy. So don't have the mindset that you're never going to improve and that any study that you do for Section 1 is a waste of time because obviously it will be. But if you go in with a really productive, positive mindset, I think a lot of gain can be had. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the last myth that I think is really important is that if English is your second language, you're going to really struggle with Section 1. Um I think, you know, we don't deny that it might be harder if English is a second language, especially with vocabulary that you're not familiar with. Uh, but ASA does specifically state that none of the questions that they ask will, you know, disadvantage anyone if they are from a different, you know, cultural background or from a different uh, language background. Mm. Uh, so it's not a barrier, I would say. It's, uh, yeah, more of a hurdle. Like, just yeah. something you might have to work a little bit harder in terms of, like, your improving your vocabulary, for example, or mm. whatever it might be. And obviously, yeah, that's individual for each person. Um, each person may find it more difficult than the person sitting next to them, um, regardless of their background. But, yeah, as Krim has said, ASA does mention that their language should be accessible to everyone, including those who have English as a second language. So hopefully ASA stays to their word um, because sometimes the language can be really difficult in Section 1 and I definitely struggled with a few words. But again, it's about building your techniques and building your skills to be able to still interpret texts and questions and go through answer options when you aren't 100% sure on what the meaning of those words are. Um, and if you do do our six-week intensive course um, and our Head Starter course, that is something that we teach at Halad, how to improvise if you aren't 100% sure on, on what the words or the language um, is trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Hopefully, uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Section one uh, that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I think... You know, just some final words is section one can seem really overwhelming and it's hard to know where to start. You know, it's not like section two where it's clear cut, you're going to have two essays. Section three where it's like, okay, I know there's bio, physics, math, chem. This, you could get pretty much anything in section one, but don't let that scare you or deter you. Just focus on, you know, really reflective, strategic study have a game plan, 
focus on improving in your weaknesses and being aware of your strengths. Um, that'd be my advice. What yep. do you reckon, Karim? Yep, I'd second that. <laughs> I'd agree with that. <laughs> Seems quite reasonable. <laughs> good, good. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode. We hope you found it useful. Make sure you tune in to the next episode where we will break down section two. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.